Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think and talk practically about the presence and the power of God. This week, you're going to hear an interview on the subject of biblical finance, because it is absolutely the will of God that you prosper in all things and that you experience freedom in the area of your finances. You're going to get a chance to hear from somebody who is an expert in this area on biblical finance and developing that kingdom-mindedness, that kingdom thinking around finances. So I'm super pumped. I know you're going to get a lot out of this, so stay tuned. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Monday, and welcome to the Simple Power Podcast. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and... I'm so, so grateful that you're here. I am particularly excited about this week's episode because I know that you're going to get a lot of value out of this. I'm joined today by my friend, David Bolzer. Uh, David is a financial coach, speaker, and strategist specializing in, and uh, David, I love your line about this. I got this off of Facebook, helping you apply biblical wisdom to your finances to redefine your future. That's so cool. I absolutely love that. Kingdom thinking around finances is so near and dear to my heart, and it's something that I haven't gotten into like at all, I don't think, since the birth of this show. So, uh, David, I'm just really, really grateful for the opportunity to hear from you. And before I uh, pass it over to you, Dave, let me just say, because obviously this is not a finance show, it's not you know normally about that, but... I really believe that this is a key foundational component in the grand scope of developing a kingdom culture, which is what we talk about every single week on this show in one way or another. David, you and I haven't known each other for a, a real long time, maybe just a few months at this point, but you grew up in Lima, New York, which is where I attended Bible College, Elam Bible Institute. So long story short, we ended up connecting online just a few months back, and we discovered that we knew some of the same people. More importantly, we discovered that we're really like-minded in a lot of ways. So I'm just really excited that you're here. So thanks so much for being here, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Duke. I'm so pumped to be here. Uh, this area of, of uh, learning to be a good steward of our finances, of the resources God blesses us with, it's just it's just incredible. It's it, to be able to uh, bring freedom and truth to people in their life, and just to see the transformation happen, uh, it's just incredible. So so glad to be here to share uh, God's wisdom here. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's do this, man. Uh, but before we jump into the heavy stuff, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and give us sort of an idea of what your heart is for the people of God as it relates to biblical finance. Yeah. So, um, you know, it really started with my, my own journey. My wife and I, you know, we were facing about $65,000 in student loan debt and a little bit of car debt. And, um, you know, that's, that's how our marriage started off. And we just felt like we were so limited. Like our future was on hold until, we could do something about about the situation. And it was when we started to learn God's ways of handling money, it was a total game changer. Uh, we started to to understand uh, not only the, the character principles, but the practical biblical wisdom that, that if you apply this stuff and you actually go and do it, it changes everything. And so over the, the two and a half years after we started that journey, we cleared all of the, all of the debt. We became debt free. And it just, 
un unlocked so much for our family and it ignited this passion for me to be able to help other people do exactly the same thing to not only learn this stuff learn god's word in these principles but the way it impacted our own marriage are the way we communicated about money and your money touches almost every area of your life and but particularly your marriage you know when you when you experience the freedom of not being under the crushing weight of debt it just changes everything so that that passion was unleashed and god led me to to really become this financial coach with this mission to go out and share this truth with people to see marriages transformed to see hearts changed um, and just to see the people of God be free and operating in the in the power of of God and and uh, being able to actually do what God has for them, it's just amazing. That is so awesome. That's so awesome. Listen, Dave. I, on this show, generally we I, I I talk a lot about mindset, and I know that that's something that you talk about as well. So, can you sort of start out by sharing a little bit on mindset in terms of how you approach finances from a biblical? A biblical perspective, excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, at the most foundational level, I believe the words written in the Bible, God's word, is without error. It is the inspired word of God, you know, as it says in Second Timothy three sixteen. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Uh, that that's the foundation. We start there and say, you know, if this is true then if we are followers of Jesus Christ, then what do we do with that? You know, we, we say, okay, we submit ourselves to Christ and say, we are going to follow what your word says. And so that's, that's where it starts. And so whether it's finances or any other topic, um, that's, that's the mindset. We start there. And you know, I believe what's written there is completely sufficient to shape our beliefs. Uh, what we believe directly affects our behavior. We make decisions based on our beliefs around money. Uh, so, I, you know, the Bible can be approached from a very practical perspective, becoming a literal guidebook for living. It's completely sufficient. Uh, there are literally thousands of scripture verses that talk about finances. Uh, 16 of the 38 parables of Jesus deal with money. One out of 10 verses in the New Testament deal with finances and over 2000 verses on the topic of money. So <laughs> that right there, yeah, the believer's attitude toward money and possessions is of critical importance to God. Uh, just absolutely convinced of that. And this level of attention to the topic just makes it so clear that we are to pay close attention to this, to learn God's heart on this topic, uh, his attitude toward money, and, and seek to apply it to our situation. Uh, you know, we got to walk out this faith in practical ways, not managing our money according to the ways of the world, but as faithful stewards of God's resources. I mean, God's, God owns it all, and I feel a great responsibility as a follower of Christ to be obedient to his word, faithfully manage the money, the time, and talents he's given me for the advancement of the kingdom and for his glory. Uh, Psalm 119 says, uh, Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. I mean, really, that's, that's, where, it, that's where it starts. Yeah, how when you look around, we are the most marketed to society in the world here in America. And everywhere you look, you know, they're trying to market something to you, to sell something to you. And are we looking around uh, like the world does and just seeking uh, gain for ourselves 
and seeking the material things of this world? Or do we have our heart and our eyes set on the things of God and say, you know, how are we leading this life? How are we being an example to those around us in the way we manage our money? Yeah, that's awesome. Another thing that we talk a lot about on this show is pursuing the promises of God for our lives. And I think that when we get bogged down by the financial struggle that so many people do experience in their lives, and whether that's, you know, because they are under debt or just because they're barely able to make ends meet or or they just maybe they're in an okay financial state, but they feel like they don't have the extra resources to take the plunge to really go after something that maybe is a dream that they've had for a long time or something like that. But finances really tend to be a huge factor, maybe the biggest. I mean, I don't know. I don't have data on that, but, but you, you would probably know. But one of the biggest factors I think that slows God's people down, that slows us down, that causes us to get discouraged, that causes us to get stagnant, that causes us to not go forward, to not advance, to not go after the dreams and the plans and the promises of God for our lives. It's lack of finances. So um, what would you say to somebody, and I, I've definitely been there in my life too, but what would you say to somebody that is constantly putting their dreams on hold, putting their assignment on hold or on the back burner because of financial sure, issues? Sure, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The The lack of finances, I, I would agree, is the number one reason that keeps the people of God from moving forward and actually going after those dreams and and you know, when you're in a place where you feel like God's calling you to do something let's say he's calling you to the mission field and and you say god how is that even possible because i've i'm loaded with student loan debt and i've got this car payment and i've got this home and i, and I got a big mortgage on here like how do you deal with all of that you you have trapped yourself in the systems of our society and and you are obligated to these these financial things that you've tied yourself to. So there's a clear path through God's word to get out of that. But, you know, first and foremost, I would say embrace God's promises for your life. Just step out in faith toward where God's leading you and not with blind faith, you know, but the kind of faith that has a bias toward action and an absolute dependence on God. Uh, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I think back to even just the last year and, and reflect on God's provision in your life and, and how amazing, it, you know, it might, it might have been tough circumstances, it might have been a, a great year. Either way, God is walking with you every step of this journey and he's, he's going to continue to provide everything you need. Now, don't get me wrong, God's absolutely sovereign. And he reigns over all things. He's completely omniscient. But that doesn't mean the children of God are meant to sit back and wait for God to move and fulfill the promises and desires of our hearts. And I think it's, it's said so perfectly in First Chronicles 29. It says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and, and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And it's such a beautiful picture of the greatness and the power of God, and, and those riches come from God. He is our true source of provision, 
And so you got to place your full trust in that. And so when you make that decision to step out and, and go forward, take a step forward toward, uh, toward those dreams and the desires that God's placed in your heart, uh, that's the first step. You got to choose that. But there's a warning against just sitting back and just waiting and you know, in action. Are we just sitting back waiting for God to move? Which he certainly can. It's a partnership here. We got to take a step of action. And as we step forward, you can you can bet on it. That God's going to be right there with you. He's going to be guiding your steps as you take the action. Yeah, that's so good. We we actually we talk about that a lot on on this show is that partnership between between heaven and earth, you know, that partnership between us and God. And, uh, you know, I, I am careful to the same way that you did. Like, you know, I don't want to discount the sovereignty of God, but at the same time, we know that he's bound himself to his word and he's given us dominion, right? He's given us dominion over the works of his hands. And you mentioned it uh, a, a few minutes ago about stewardship. That's all we are. We're stewards. Like we steward his stuff. He owns all of it. He owns everything. And everything that he's put into our hands, whether it's the physical, you know, resources, it's the job that we have, it's the, you know, the car that we drive, the house that we live in, the, the, the people that we associate with and fellowship with, and also the, the dreams and the visions and the things that he's placed on the inside of us, it becomes our responsibility to incubate those things, to bring those things to life on the inside of us and to start taking steps toward those things, practical steps and being intentional about the things that God has called us to, that he's revealed to us, the things that he has put on the inside of us. He's not going to do it for you. I, I also wanted to go back to something that you said. I don't think you used the word perspective, but but that's what was coming out to me and what you were saying. Specifically in that we can look at all of our issues and all of our struggles. We can look back over the past year or five years or 10 years or whatever and be sort of subconsciously driven to the, the negative stuff, the stuff that didn't work out, the stuff that failed, the stuff that, oh, I had this goal and it didn't happen. But I think that if we would shift our perspective and actually recall the things that God has done, and the blessings that he has brought into our lives and the good things that have happened and the increase that we have seen, it'll start to shift our perspective because you could have like 10 good things happen and then one bad thing happens and then you feel like, oh, the whole thing was bad. Like, no, hold on a second, slow down, pay attention to what God has done. How, how do you feel about this? I think that it becomes really important to uh, celebrate those seemingly sometimes small victories that we have, but I think that it goes such a long way in developing the right kind of perspective. Yeah, that's huge. And when you, like I said, when you look back, let's say the last year, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? The, the, the cliche phrase, you look back and you can see very clearly all the, all the amazing things that God has been doing in your life. And, and you almost can't believe what transpired. You're like, oh man, wow, look, look at that. Look at what God did. But what's crazy is that when we now look forward and say, you know, here we are, it's February for the rest of the, the year, do I have the mindset, do I really believe that God is going to come through for me as much or more than he did the previous year? And, and I'd say almost every time we have this limit, limited view and we, and we say, you know what, moving forward, it's on me to plan this out and this is how it's going to play out. And, and you don't 
you don't think any greater than that and you don't allow the the mindset shift to take place where where God takes center stage and you say, okay, God, this is my plan, but I know you're going to come through and this is just going to be an incredible year, even better than the last. That that's often not the case. So as a financial coach in, in the area of finances, I help to to bring that vision to the forefront and, and keep our eyes focused on God. You know, seek first the kingdom of God. From there, everything else is going to fall into place. Yeah, this this might be a, a strange question, but do you think that lack of resources, do you think that it's a real thing or do you think that it's just mainly an excuse that people use? Um, from a kingdom perspective, you know, the storehouses of God are beyond our comprehension. God has the power and the ability to bless his people with unimaginable riches, but not just so we can be wealthy, but it's so we can faithfully manage those resources to advance the kingdom and to glorify him. Uh, so, you know, I believe many may face situations where they may be lacking in resources, but believing that change will happen and that it's not a permanent situation we have the choice to be diligent, reduce lifestyle, prioritize saving and spending in a way that's honoring to God. But for many, it is an excuse. Often it's not, it's not even an income problem. I, I, would, I would submit that it's usually a spending issue. Uh, we make spending decisions with the heart and not our heads. You walk into Best Buy and you've already, before you even walked in the store, your heart's already set on that big 60 inch flat screen. What happens is somebody asks you, like, oh man, that's an awesome TV. You justify with your mind that you decided to get it because it was on sale. You're like, oh, I decided to get it, it was on sale, it was a great deal. No, you didn't walk into Best Buy to buy the TV because it was on sale. Your heart was already set on buying that and then you just justified it in your mind. You know, Matthew 6, 19, it, it's, it's this warning for us. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we spend a lot of time justifying our spending and our debt and saying, oh, it's not that bad. Or you justify why you bought something. You're thinking it's a need. Well, at the, at the base of it, the foundation here, Paul says in Philippians, he says, with food and clothing, we shall be content. You got food on your back. You have, or, you or have food on your back. back and you got some food. Yeah. <laughs> clothing on your back and, and some food to eat and you should be content. First uh, Timothy 6, 6, godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah, what if we spent more time aligning our hearts with God's heart, wisely spending, diligently saving, and generously giving? being faithful stewards of God's resources, I think this world would look a lot different. I really think that you're onto something major in what you're talking about. There, there's nothing wrong with, and I think you'd agree with me, uh, there's nothing wrong with having a nice car, a nice house, nice TV, all that kind of stuff, but it's how do you go about it? And I think that one of the biggest problems that we have, and the reason why so many of us have financial struggles is because of this this thing that they taught us a long time ago called delayed gratification. And we don't like that. We want what we want now. And so we buy stuff that we don't need. Robert Kiyosaki, he would teach, if I want to buy a liability, I'm first going to acquire an asset. And then I'm going to use that asset to purchase or to you know be able to better afford that, that liability so that it's not pulling money off the table that I could be using to finance my dream, to finance what this is really all about in the first place. 
And I really think that we do make a lot of excuses and I've definitely not done things, not executed on things because I said, well, the timing's not right because I don't have this and this isn't in place. And so many times I think we wait and we hold back and we don't go forward. We don't execute because we think that we need to wait for things to line up. We need to wait for the bank account to look right. But if you'll just start taking small steps going after those goals or those dreams, whatever they are, God begins to move things into place on your behalf. It's called faith. It's it's you take those steps of faith and you do what you can with what you have, even though it may be small. Like Jesus was like, how many loaves do you have? <laughs> we have five. We have five pieces of bread to feed thousands of people. He was like, that's a great place to start. And then what happened when they gave him what they had, it wasn't even theirs. They borrowed it from somebody. They took the little bit that they had, they gave it to him, and then the miraculous happened. And so I think that we need to keep that in mind as as we're thinking through these these things that you're talking to us about. That's awesome. Yeah, th- yeah that reminds me of uh, Proverbs 29. It says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who heeds wisdom's instruction. And you know that's, that's exactly it, where... You know, when you're so consumed by the material things or, or money, you know, the Bible warns us about the love of money. And when you don't have a clear vision of the future and where God's leading you, you cast off restraint. You know, you live for the now and, and it's self-gratification and you know, you're not you're not walking by the spirit. But if but if you have this vision that's clear and you make smart goals and, and set yourself up to have this path and then and then you pray and you say, God, you know, this is this is my vision, and I believe this is this is from you. You've placed these desires in my heart. I'm going to be focused and intentional, and I'm going to have a plan. And you're going to move forward. You take steps toward that, and then you you treat temptations differently. You say, No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to finance that. I'm not going to open up a zero percent no interest credit card for 18 months. It just just no, no. Proverbs 22 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower slave to the lender. I am not going to willingly put on the chains of debt when Christ died for me to set me free. Proverbs 10 says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Yeah, you know, who walks around saying like, oh, I'm so glad I have this car payment. Nobody does that. Nobody's happy about having debt. So why would you willingly walk into it over stuff? And you know, I know it's not always a spending thing. Sometimes um, you know things happen. One of the most common reasons for bankruptcy is medical debt. So there, there's unexpected that happens. So you know we can do our best to plan for sure, but you know the Lord's going to walk with us through those challenging times. You know when it comes to our, our decisions over just spending. You know, Romans 13, 8 says, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Yeah, it's good. Very cool. I've been looking at a lot of the content that you put out, and I've I've noticed a theme in a, in a lot of the stuff that you talk about, and it's about the importance of being intentional when it comes to reaching your financial goals, whatever those may be. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. This is so important. I can't emphasize enough how intentionality can completely change the game in this area of finance. When you go from a place of disorganization and confusion around your money, uh, you're letting life just happen to you. But when you move into a mindset of intentionality, now you are happening to life. 
you take control, you're paying close attention to what's going on, you develop a, a written game plan, you're telling your money where to go. You, you give every dollar a name, you give every dollar an assignment that, that you bring home, and now you go from maybe feeling like you're doing okay with money, but now, now you know you're doing well with money. You know exactly the state of your finances because you're intentional. Yeah. You know how much you're spending, you know what you're spending your money on, you know how much you're saving every month or how much debt you can pay off every month. And yeah. you know that, that provides a lot of hope because now if you have consistency in your monthly budgeting process, now, now you know for sure, hey, if I'm practicing discipline and self-control and I'm, I'm saving a certain amount each month and I'm paying off a certain amount of debt, you'll know exactly when you're going to be debt free. That's super encouraging. <laughs> Proverbs 27 says, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds, for riches do not last forever. And that's, that's the exact picture of, of budgeting and having a plan. It, you know, at, in the time, in context here, the size of your flocks and herds, that's the physical representation of your wealth. And so if you were that shepherd, you're tasked with ensuring that every single member of your flock does not wander off uh, so translate that to today and your, your dollars are you just allowing money to flow through your fingers and you're not being intentional and having that that plan you know, so many people ask you know, how do you how do you get out of this paycheck to paycheck cycle well you start with intentionality you, you have a plan when you talk about planning luke 14 says which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it so in this area of intentionality, it's just super important. You know, we need we need to have an emergency fund. We need to have a plan. We got to get out of debt, and we got to prepare for the future. Yeah, what does it look like to save 20% of your income every month, every paycheck, 20%? That's that's a huge amount of money for for people. Yeah, but that's what Joseph did, and that's a, a true example across the whole land. That was that was the law of the land to save 20% for seven years. Now, would you honestly say that for the next seven years you can have that kind of discipline to prepare for something that may or may not come? That, that's challenging. But um, yeah, it's just so important to be intentional because without that, yeah, you're just flying by the seat of your pants and that's not biblical. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, I know we're, we're kind of nearing the end here, but what's, I'm putting you on the spot, but what's one, <laughs> uh, what's one piece of advice that you would give I was going to say your number one piece of advice, but I'm not giving you a lot of time to think about it. So what's what's <laughs> one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who has maybe struggled in this area? You know, somebody who might be listening and saying, yeah, I, I, I want that. I, I want to be able to start saving. I want to do this, but I, I don't see how I can or whatever the case may be. But what's one piece of advice that you would give somebody to start from zero who's never lived with this kind of a mindset before? Probably the biggest piece of advice I would say to someone that's struggling, or, or even if it's not a struggle, but you just want to take your finances to the next level uh, in either situation, I would say just humble yourself and reach out for help. Um, th that's number one, because you look back and for how many years have you been struggling? How many years have you just felt like you've been stuck and you're in this cycle, this paycheck to paycheck cycle? And you know, it, it may be no fault of your own. I'm not saying this is all you know, our fault that we walk into these situations, but sure. you know, it's it's the habits and the mindset you have over a long period of time. And then you look you look around and you say, man, I'm sick of living this way. I don't want to live this way any longer. And and what's challenging is every client that I talk to 
it always starts in a similar way. There, there's a ton of shame and guilt associated with this area that, you know, when you are in a mess, you don't want to admit that it's uncomfortable. Uh, and so this, this number one piece of advice is that, you know, no matter how bad your situation, there's always hope. There's always hope. And if you humble yourself to, to admit that, that you need help and you could use some guidance, you could use some accountability uh, to, to develop some good habits and change the, change the mindset, learn God's ways of handling money. You know, Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. For me, that's what it's all about. That's why I'm in this position. God has led me to be to become a financial coach for that reason. And I would love to talk to you uh, to just connect, to learn more about your situation. And, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with, whether it's it's a pile of debt or uh, or maybe you're debt free and you're looking to build wealth and you know, you're thinking about extravagant generosity and, and legacy, uh, generational giving and uh, you know, whatever it may be. The solution is in God's word, and I would love to be a guide to you to be able to share that wisdom and to help you move forward. Really, really good stuff, Dave. Thanks so much for being here. Look, if uh, if you are looking for guidance and accountability in your finances to step into God's purposes for your life, to learn God's ways of handling money, whether that's getting out of debt, building wealth, all of those things combined or whatever it is, you can uh, connect with Dave. He offers a 100% free consultation that's free. <laughs> uh, that strategy session, it's usually about an hour long and he will personalize a plan for you to help you achieve your financial goals and go after the plan of God for your life. It's uh, all done by video conference if necessary, so it doesn't matter where you live. You can find Dave at, email him at coach at greatgainfinancial.com. You can visit his website at greatgainfinancial.com or you can find him on Facebook at slash greatgaincoach. Dave, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you taking the time out to be here and to talk to us about these things. Um, I definitely got a lot of out of it. I know that it added a lot of value to the, to the folks that listen to this podcast on a weekly basis. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. All right, everybody, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Simple Power Podcast. Make sure that if you haven't subscribed already, I don't know what you're waiting for, but go ahead and hit that subscribe button uh, so that you always get notified first whenever new episodes become available. And as always, we'll be back next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Central. Hope you guys have an awesome, awesome week. Thanks. Thanks.